Hey there, it's JVL. On The Secret Show with Sarah Longwell today, we talked about Nikki Haley and the problems she's creating for good Republicans. We also talked a little bit about Elon Musk and the problems with capitalism and some other stuff, too. Here's the show. So, uh, I am prepared to treat these callers as if they are not infants. And so I'm prepared to not, not, I do not want to insult them by, with the soft bigotry of low expectations, Mm -hmm. as if they, they are not capable of understanding reality. And so if somebody is like, you know, Donald Trump is still the president and he's controlling the military and Joe Biden's a usurper, I'm going to say, sir, sir, the rest of us need oxygen. To, to do productive things in this world, you are taking it up. Sir, please go drive into a tree. <laughs> no. See, I was going to say the opposite. I was going to say you need to treat them like they are babies. Uh, so oh, but see, I feel up, like that's insulting. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just trying to manage you through this process. It's not that I, I – at this point, the right and wrong of it all out the window. I just need you to not tell a human on air to drive into a tree. How about this? I am the producer of this program. Which but one? The secret pod? This this program. Well, the, the next level. I, I okay, sort yeah. of run the, the I, I sit in the captain's chair for the next level yep. so that you and Tim can shine. And I will hand you the mute button for the entire show tomorrow. So that anytime you you just do this. You, you point at the On screen. On C-SPAN, I'm just going to point at the screen. I'm going to... So, or you know this... what? You'll tug at your earlobe. I don't know what you to tug, do with you live reach television. Up, you tug, tug you. your left earlobe or something, <laughs> and that is the sign. And then I'll mute myself, and I won't allow myself to be unmuted until you bring me back in. So you will control how much JVL makes it to air. Yeah. And now it's your responsibility. I don't want it to be my responsibility. <laughs> I love... I you guys should have seen this Slack last night. We're like, okay, we all have to go on C-SPAN. And JVL's like... Uh, JVL's like, I might not, I don't know if I'll be able to make it or manage myself. And then Tim was like, but I'm going to be really hungover. And everyone's like, so Sarah, you have to deal with it. No, this is about the three of us. I think the two of you, you, you guys should really shine for this. I do C-SPAN. I have to get yelled at by these people all the time. I will do my best to treat them with respect as a grown ass adults. Great. Who are capable of intaking reality and data points and coming to rational decisions and who don't need to be coddled as if they're children who can't who can't think smart thoughts fine but it is a good opportunity for you to be able to uh rather than saying things about their deaths you should say uh you know you should argue back you should make your persuasive eloquent points as you often do because that will change their minds no, because that might change the minds of other people watching. Also, oh. it will serve you better. I don't know. Don't the people want... Can I do the voice? Well, here, let's have this voices, discussion you can't now. Swear. I can't do voices. I can't do foghorn leghorn. Oh, what? my God. Could I do I foghorn so- leghorn or Cletus? This is so stressful. Could I do, could I do skinny Joey from, uh, from, from, from Jersey? Yeah, sure. I approve so of why is it Joey. that I can do skinny Joey? You know I... exactly why. No, I don't. Explain it to me, Sarah. 
Uh, because when you're doing Skinny Joey, you're basically making fun of yourself. Because, by the way, you live in New Jersey. Although, another Which, stipulation well, for this show is you're going to be doing it from <laughs> New York, New York is your location. Uh, which I cannot believe. I cannot believe that gonna... <laughs> demand was acquiesced to. So, listen, this, this is why you guys are on The Secret Show. Uh, so, they want Chirons for you. C-SPAN wants Chirons for you, showing where you are broadcasting from. And I live in a, one might think of it as a, a neighborhood in the borough of New York, but a small <laughs> one, neighborhood. One might. And it's, one might if one didn't have a map. It's small enough that it is notionally, notionally a New York City neighborhood. But I, it's small enough, I really don't want to have broadcast like the town that I live in because, you know, like then it's not that hard to find me. I pass. And uh, I said, you know how it's really easy to find people in any neighborhood in New York. You just, well, I said, so can we just abstract it so that my Mm -hmm. location will be New York, New York? And they said, sure. Uh So if you tune in tomorrow, you'll see under my Chiron that I'll be broadcasting from my home, the greatest city in the world, the Big Apple, the city that never sleeps, New York City. So I encourage anybody who wants to see JVL on live television and me being stressed about the idea that JVL is on live television, interacting with callers. Tomorrow's the day. All right. But one one more thing. One more thing, right? They, they've invited us on because they want the next level experience. Yeah, that's true. If I don't do the voice, uh-huh. if I don't treat callers with the utmost respect of them being autonomous, grown-ass adults, isn't that a little bit like going to see Taylor Swift, but she won't sing any of the hits? Okay, that's fine. You know what? You do whatever you want, but I'm just going to tell you, I will disavow you on live television in a way that obviously I do here too, right? That's clear, folks, that I disavow. Uh, but like, if you want that to happen on television, I'll do it because I will not get your the, the your, that mocking stench all over me. It's uh, it's like going to see Don Rickles, and then he doesn't do any insult humor. Like, you know, the audience would be disappointed. They know what they're signing up for. The C-SPAN audience has no idea. The C-SPAN audience <laughs> has never heard of The Next Level or the three of us. Uh, every time I go on, they always, somebody's always like, this lady just doesn't oh, know lady. what she's talking. Yeah, they're, oh. you know. Ma'am? Do they ma'am you? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm Like not, you're an old person. I'm not old. Uh, I would older. bet that we are all 20 years younger than the youngest caller who will call into the show. That's Probably. that's my guess. Okay, uh, we have a bunch of things to talk about. I want to start with Nikki Haley. So we are three weeks post, three weeks? No, four weeks post debate. No way. In which, wasn't it uh, September 13th? four weeks? I don't know. I feel like it was, uh, no, August, August August 13th. Wasn't it August 13th? Yeah, August like, 23? Whatever. Maybe anyway, like three weeks. Point is, it just happened. And Nikki Haley is getting her second look because she was the great normie Republican alternative. And she showed on that stage what a substantive, good Republican she is. And we should all, we were all getting tingles. And, you know, I, even I was like, yeah, great, man. Since then. Sorry, I had to get my clip clipboard with me. I'm here. Uh, she has put Don Bolduc in charge of her New Hampshire operation. That would be Don Bolduc, free, the the general, as he is known. The guy who Chris Sununu said wasn't a serious person. The guy who lost his New Hampshire Senate bid. The guy who was a frequent guest on Steve Bannon's war room. He is now head of Team Haley, head of Team Nikki in New Hampshire. Uh, on 
This can I just say, can I just yeah. say that that's sort of surprising that Balduck, who is a big Trumper, is going in for Haley. Uh, I'm more surprised by that than the other way around. I yes, yes. Although I think Balduck was doing the Trump thing as an act because he, you know, like he went much and, like Nikki Haley, much like Nikki Haley. Um, yeah, I mean they're two phonies, so they know each other. Okay, uh, here is a. I'm going to read the transcript to you from uh, Face the Nation this past Sunday. Bob Costa, you said you would still support Trump if he was convicted of a crime. Nikki Haley, candidates on that stage said that they would do exactly what they signed and pledged to do, which is support the nominee. Dot dot dot. Any Republican is better than what Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are doing. Bob Costa. Even if they're convicted of a crime? Nikki Haley. You are implying that the American people are not smart. They are not going to vote for a convicted criminal. So I think what Nikki Haley is doing is saying, yes, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump even if he's convicted of a crime. But don't worry, it's okay because the rest of America won't. And so it won't actually get us into any trouble. I so thought, give me credit I, for both. I think it's worse than that. I think she's saying the American people are smart and therefore will not vote for a convicted cr- criminal. I, Nikki Haley, am an idiot who will vote for a convicted criminal. Yes. Yes. And then we have uh, we have a thing. It just happened in New Hampshire yesterday. A voter at a Nikki Haley rally said that a lot of them there were, you know, they, they saw, and here I'm paraphrasing before I get to the direct quote, they saw her on that stage at the debate, raising her hand, saying that she would support Donald Trump even if he was in jail, but they were concerned. Now here, at this point in the question, I thought to myself, oh good, somebody's going to say, you know, why, why would you support somebody like that? No, no. What this, what this very fine individual who probably calls into C-SPAN often said was, they were concerned that she was lying. And that she wouldn't actually support any of you if he was in jail. And so he says, so can you raise your hand with us today to say that you would support President Trump even if he was in jail? Did she do it? And she says, I raised my hand on that stage. I raised my hand because the Republican nominee is better than a President Kamala Harris. Which... Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, the good Republican, Nikki Haley. Give her a second look. We do have to give her a second look. This is like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I agree with everything you're saying, but like, uh, I does it not make you a little bit happy to see her in some of these? The CNN poll had her ahead of Ron DeSantis. Oh, it did? Oh, I missed that totally. I'm pretty sure it did. That's, uh, <laughs> that's fascinating. Well, what I love is that, and this is, this is... This is how fucked up a world we live in. The primary question and the litmus test for all of these Republican candidates is the presumption that they're going to lose. And it is asking them, what will you do when you lose? And if you can't answer what will I do when I lose correctly, then you can't be considered to win. That means you're in a cult, right? Isn't that basically like you're in a cult? This is the, you know, like you you join a cult, you sign over all your property, then there's no way to get out. You don't have a car, so you can't leave. Uh, it is crazy, and I don't understand 
how a person who isn't a monster could submit themselves to this instead of simply doing the right thing and saying, no, I'm sorry. I don't like Joe Biden. I don't like Joe Biden's policies. I don't think he's been a good president. Uh, and I will either vote for him with a heavy heart or sit it out if if a convicted criminal is is the Republican nominee. Just say that. Yeah. Just say that. I'll vote for every Republican who isn't a convicted criminal. There. Try that for on for size. Okay. I have <laughs> many things to say back to you. Okay. Uh, one is... Obviously, no one's going to say that. Uh, <laughs> and if it, the conviction is not going to make like I, th- I think it's funny when suddenly it's like there's this new bar. It's like, but what about if he's a convicted criminal? Yeah. And it's now like, it's only if he's convicted. What, if, what about if he's been indicted? What about if he says he's going to grab somebody by their junk forcibly? And I mean, like, I, what what is the OK? There's what a if he does an insurrection? That, what if like, he, what, if, what <laughs> if he doesn't accept the results of an election? What if he doesn't engage in the peaceful transfer of power? What is this new line? Like these people have are 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 as compromised as they could be. Let me tell you what. If he's convicted, it'll be. Yeah, but he's appealing. His appeals aren't done, right? That's right. Sure, we he's been convicted, but he's got. Play out. He's I not can't, physically you know, in jail right now. He's not physically right. He is. He is on bail pending appeal, and unless he's physically, maybe if he was physically in jail. Oh, so that jury right. was rigged. It was a corrupt <laughs> jury, and so like, I just this is like this is silliness uh, on this number one. Number two, I think she was in second place in the CNN poll, but I haven't been able to. Ver- I was listening to you mostly, but I was also trying to find the CNN poll. Here's what I do know that though. In the head-to-head against Biden in that mm-hmm. CNN poll, she, everybody else was running like within a point, DeSantis, Trump, they were all, uh, she was beating him 49% to 43%. Uh, and this mm. is the great conundrum for Republicans, is that Republican a Republican normie, cynical and asinine though she may be, she's a terrible phony, she would do very well in a general election. I think she would win a general election. Uh, I do not think that, but she can't, like, I, I think Tim Scott could win a general election, but I don't think these guys can get out, they, but they obviously can't get out of a Republican primary. Well, here, here's a question. Could they win a general election if Trump does not concede his loss to them, right? I mean, this is, for them, it is, somebody wrote this piece, for, I think maybe it was Christian Vanderbilt wrote this for us, that it isn't enough to beat Trump you have to beat Trump, and Trump has to admit that you beat him, right. and he has to remain on side and support you with his people. Yeah. And so simply getting more delegates and claiming the party's nomination might not be enough to win the presidency, right? If Trump is running around saying, "This is I was treated so unfairly, this party is rigged, blah, 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 blah. This is an under-discussed point on... Trump, if it, we would be discussing it more if DeSantis was like really in the game or somebody else was really in the game against Trump, because if it looked like Trump could be legitimately beaten, there would be a whole side conversation about like, well, if Trump's not the nominee, how many people does he take with him by like burning down the Republican nominee? Right. And there would be a panic among Republicans about that. And I'm not sure, I can't prove this, but I think there's like some psychological thing that took place when it became clear Maybe DeSantis isn't going to, like, run away with this thing or he's not so good. It's like, well, we might as well be Trump because if it's not Trump, he's just going to burn the whole thing down anyway. Did you ever read the Dune books? No. Why would you even ask me? Have we met? 
Well, I don't know. Maybe in high school, in your honors English class, it was a, the first Dune book. It's pretty good. Anyway, the, the point is there's a line in the first Dune book where uh, there, there's a big fight over a natural resource. And uh, one of the characters explains that the person who has the power to destroy a natural resource is the one who controls it. And the natural resource here is the Republican Party. Yeah. Trump has the power to destroy the party, and he doesn't care, right? I mean, what the hell does he care about the Republican Party? The actual Republicans don't have that power, and they care very deeply about the party, and that's why he's in control, right? This is, yes. you know, at, at very base. Um, Moad Dim, for, for those of you who are playing along who are sci-fi nerds at home, not like Sarah Longwell. Yeah, I don't know. was a know. cool kid in high school. Um uh, okay, wait, hold on. I had to, oh, then the other thing I wanted to say about Nikki Haley is that she is doing a very specific thing with her campaign, which is that she is not running against Joe Biden. She is the one who is much, very aggressively doing a thing that I think will get done more and more, uh, but is running against dead Joe Biden and alive Kamala Harris. Right? She she barely acknowledges that Biden is like the person she's running against. She talks about Kamala all the time. And it's a weird, it's not weird. I understand why she does it, but I think she has calculated that unlike some of the white dudes that she shares the stage with, she has a unique, uh, she, or she's got a little bit of a shield in going after Kamala uh, directly and thinks that like that is a way to distinguish herself. Like, look, I am, like, it's like without saying, I am a woman of color here, uh, and that gives me an edge where I can maybe say things that other people can't. Like, I feel like that's the undertone of this. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I I do wonder if that's a winning strategy. Like, I understand it's a strategy and it makes sense. But, like, do voters buy that? I mean, like, like, I'm sorry, Joe Biden is the president. Right. It is a weird thing. It, it's like running for president and running against it would be like a Democrat running against Rush Limbaugh. Right. Or Tucker Carlson instead of the Republican nominee. Right. And saying that, like, uh, look, John McCain may be the nominee of the Republican Party, but it'll really be Rush Limbaugh pulling the strings. And like that, yeah. that doesn't work, I don't think. Um, so I also think it doesn't work. I think it's a weird calculation to make. And the reason is not. I understand they're like, well, Kamala is even less popular. And we want to remind people how old Joe Biden is. Nikki Haley has to prove that she is presidential level material. And that means beating Joe Biden, unless he is not the president. Like the yeah. idea of like making people imagine <laughs> it is a good general election strategy. But like in this primary, your bar that you are clearing and one of the reasons that Trump is is because he has incum- that that air of incumbency, right? He functions mm-hmm. as an incumbent. He also functions as somebody who has passed the bar test of being president. And so you too, as a pro- that's and that's where DeSantis and Haley, like they're all running real far behind on that test. So like the idea that she would compare herself to the vice president, that yeah. that's who she really is trying to match up against, is weird to me. Totally agree. Totally agree. And I, you know, I, I just don't know that she still is really running for president, right? I mean, she, she feels like she's running for vice president still. 
because at some point you would you would have to pivot to run against Trump. Like if you were serious about winning, that's right. Like if she was really, if she was like taking her second look at herself and thinking, well, hold on, wait a minute, I got a bump in the polls. I had a good debate. Maybe I could, maybe I could make some noise and win this thing. Then she would be trying to take on the front runner in some way instead of sitting there hoping he dies. Yeah. Well, and here's what's weird about what she's doing. She and Pence are both doing this. Uh, and, and I guess maybe DeSantis a little bit, right? They take these like sidelong shots at Trump, uh, which to me just puts them in the sour spot, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, Pence is more direct actually than she is. But like the the quote that you read earlier is such a perfect distillation of how she's been doing things. It's like, well, Trump is deeply unpopular. You know, Trump is unpopular. She said that on the stage, like one of the most unpopular presidents. But also she'll support him. And also... But don't worry, he can't win. But don't worry, he can't win. <laughs> and so, like, she's running for vice president, right? She's doing just enough to ensure that she is not the vice president. Yep. Uh, and but also not doing enough to ensure that she can really take on the front runner. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's such a weird act, and I would say it is a reminder that in the aftermath of the debate, a lot of us, like me, I think, like Tim, like Mona. Like, Charlie, we watched Nikki and we were like, yes, that was good. She had a good debate. And one of the things I think all of us said, even at the time, was this probably means that if people like us thought she had a good debate, that she'll get like a small bump in the polls, but she has to distance herself from people like us, right? Like, she can't... Having having us think that she's doing well is, is like a half poison, half half good and since then boy i mean i don't know i mean if you're a normie it would be a it is hard to say yeah no i mean yeah i'll still guess go with her i guess yeah i mean i i would take i i would take nikki haley over DeSantis. And, oh sure. Uh, tr- I mean, Trump obviously like no, any within day. a primary. Sure, no, no, but I mean, like, if she were to be the nominee, yeah, I mean, I of course I would still go Biden if she were the nominee, but uh, but for any normal, like, I think it'd be it makes it a little hard. But don't worry because she's not going to be the nominee. That's not that's uh, not. I will never vote for Nikki Haley now. Um, no. I will root for her. I would even like work to help her uh, in a primary if she, I felt like she was like getting in the zone, but. Um, what what a way this is a thing i can never understand about people it's just the like total bargaining away of your own character your own like she knows how bad it is like the, these these people that know and that's why this is why i can't get on board with your pen stuff because the amount of moralizing that man has done over his entire <laughs> career to then build the permission structure for Donald Trump and now to stand there and say the things that are true because he's known they were true all along and then to caveat them with all the Trump-Pence record is so blah, blah, blah. Uh, it is, it is, it's the worst of all the worlds. And I feel that way about Haley too. Like they are, I can, I can make a distinction between the practical necessary effect of if she were able to be somebody who could beat Trump, you would want that to happen because she is not a threat, but she is empty inside. 
uh, as is Pence. They are compromised deeply morally. Even Sununu, who you just said. I mean, normally I'm the one kind of defending these people because of the practical, the pragmatist part of me, like, understands why you need them and why. But, like, man, just the part of me that is like, here's the thing that's right and here's the thing that's wrong. Uh, These guys have been wrong. They have they have compromised themselves forever. Ugh. Hey again, it's JVL. The conversation goes on from there. If you want to hear the rest of the show, head on over to Bulwark Plus and subscribe. We'd love to have you.